2: The Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover when you really listen.
3: Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Inside Business podcast. I'm Cliff Taylor standing in this week for Kieran Hancock. On today's show, we look at the latest government announcement that the wet pubs are to remain closed with the Irish Times' own Burke Kennedy. Who will also tell us what today's unemployment figures showed after that we'll talk to two entrepreneurs whose businesses have been closed during the pandemic and ask them what they believe they need from the government to help them through umber kennedy the pub trade uh, is not happy with the um, further delay in their reopening by the government Uh, Tell us a bit about their reaction to the announcement yesterday.
1: Well, I think, you know, many in the trade, especially in the rural trade, were taken aback by the Taoiseach's pairing of pubs and nightclubs as a major COVID risk. Um, I think a lot of the rural operations, you know, are pretty low footfall premises. And they were probably shocked by being compared to a nightclub. I think, you know, for many people in the city anyway, the, the image of a pub is a lot of people crammed into a small uh, poorly ventilated space and therefore a major transmission risk. But for many rural establishments with low footfall, frequented by a small uh, group of regulars, they, they probably feel themselves a little bit victimised uh, and probably feel themselves uh, low risk of of, of of a transmission. So I, 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 I spoke to Donal O'Keefe yesterday, um, who's head of the uh, Dublin based Licensed Vintners Association, Uh, And he said, you know, the pubs that serve food, restaurants and hotels have been open since June 29th. They haven't been implicated in a major rise in infections. And he also pointed out that outbreaks in other workplaces like building sites and meat factories have been dealt with locally rather than the sector as a whole being closed down. So they're reasonable arguments. But I I suppose, you know, the notion that we were going to have a lockdown and an opening up in, in discrete phases. Has is now kind of wishful thinking, but we seem to be going kind of two steps forward at one step back. And unfortunately for pubs and bars, the international evidence is that they are posing a greater risk um, than, say, restaurants. Uh, LA is a prime example. They seem to open up pretty quickly, open up a lot of bars and then have reversed out of that and have actually seen their level of COVID infection come down since they've closed bars. So I suppose now the big fear is that, we're, and we're talking about wet pubs here, which is the the pubs that don't serve food, which account for about half of the state's 7,000 pubs. The big fear is now that um, they won't be green-lighted to open uh, for another two months. The reason being is that schools are going to open at the end of the month, and the government probably won't risk opening schools and pubs right at the same time. So
3: even if the numbers are low the case numbers are low you still think that for the schools to get priority it's likely that the government will will kick the pubs forward for, for for yet another three weeks which basically means that the whole summer season really is gone for the so-called wet pubs.
1: Yeah I think a lot of those in the trade especially in rural areas were hoping maybe to cash in on the final tail end bit of the summer season especially with so many Irish people you know opting to stay home for their holidays and that might have just nursed them through to the next phase they've, they've been three and a half months without any revenue now they're looking at another two months a lot of these operations are are, are probably you know you know operated uh, on, a, on a very low budgets and this may be the final nail in the coffin for many so it's difficult to just know how they're going to fare I mean 11 pubs have closed in Dublin but you know a. Many more probably have closed uh, around the country. We just don't have figures on that. Uh, I talked to, as I said earlier, the Licensed Vintners Association, and they told me that the wet bars in Ireland uh, employed around 22,500 people before COVID. So that's kind of the range of workers we're, we're, we're looking at when we're talking about people affected by this.
3: So that's a significant, a significant range of, a significant number of people and it's a, a significant for the economy when we see, still see a lot of people on the pandemic unemployment payments so despite that economic contribution the government's making the decision that the wider interest is to is to keep the pubs closed what kind of additional support do you think that they they might get Uh, they're, they're clearly banging the table calling on the government for more support but there doesn't seem to be much of a shape put on that yet
1: yeah, there doesn't. Um, I mean, obviously, some of these businesses can apply for some of the grants and, uh, you know, subsidised loans that are available there, but there's nothing specific for the pub trade. And I suppose the news that they were going to stay under lockdown yesterday was met with calls from the various fitness associations for the government to put in place something specifically for the pub trade. Um, it is such a kind of you know, uh, part of the social fabric over here, it does seem to punch above its weight. Uh, So it's a question whether the government will now step forward and do something specifically for that area. But at the moment, nothing specific.
3: Okay, you were also reporting today, Owen, on the unemployment figures, uh, which are showing a fall off, but but are still still at a high level. Tell us what uh, the data out today showed.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, we're reporting of of, of a major drop in uh, unemployment, which should be a good thing. But the rate is still 16.7%, which is hugely elevated on where it would be in normal times. And just to put that in perspective, even at the worst point of the financial crash, we only tipped into 16%. So 16.7% relates or equates to about 386,000 workers and they're a mix between people who are on, you know, the live register and people who are in receipt of the uh, pandemic unemployment payment. And of course, it doesn't include the uh, 300 plus thousand workers that are in receipt of the government's uh, subsidised wage uh, support scheme. So, you know, a lot of the economy is still under the cloud of covid Um and it's coming down but the question is just uh, how quick and how long are we going to be in this kind of state of of of, of post covid economic sort of weakness so we've
3: we've seen the, the the rate the unemployment rate come down from what was it at the peak was it
1: was a it 28% 28% is the official kind of uh pandemic peak which you know included well, I think it was 1. Two million workers at one stage, which is practically half the workforce, were either laid off or on a government scheme. But
3: it would appear now, given the slowdown in the numbers coming off the pandemic payment uh, and the fact that a lot of sectors have reopened, the, the the wet pubs haven't, but a lot of sectors have, that we might be looking at an unemployment rate certainly well into double digits. in in, in the latter half of this year would that be a fair assumption at this stage
1: yeah i think most of the official forecasts suggest that it's going to stay elevated and at least in double digit territory for the end of the year and then i suppose the government's motivation is to try and get people off this pandemic payment and either onto you know a subsidized uh, payment scheme uh, or into some sort of activation program and the speed at which they can do that and the quickness in which workers are taken back is really in the lap of the gods. Nobody seems to have a clear uh, indication of this. And obviously all of this is taking place against a a very, very uncertain economic backdrop here and internationally with resurgences of the virus in loads of countries that have actually come out of lockdown. So, you know, I don't think there's ever been a period of of recent economic history which has been this uncertain. And you can even see uh, recently the Central bank has has kind of nearly ditched the idea of forecasting and have gone into sort of you know, essentially paradigms and uh, scenarios instead of forecasts because it's just it's just really too uncertain to, to know where we're going.
3: Yeah, all comes down to to the virus as ever. Owen uh, Owen Burke Kennedy, thank you very much for joining us.
2: At Davy, we know uncharted territory can be a challenge. We've been in business since 1926, and since then we've advised many different clients through many global and national crises some will seek comfort in the safe and familiar while others will embrace the opportunity to try something new throughout the years we've not only listened to our clients we've got to know you personally helping us advise you on a financial life plan that suits you best davy it's not just business it's personal Janie davy trading as davy is regulated by the central bank of ireland we take our responsibilities personally
3: welcome back This is Inside Business with me, Cliff Taylor. The wet pubs are not the only businesses who have been forced to remain closed during the pandemic. The events business and much of the travel sector has also faced the same fate. I'm joined now by two entrepreneurs to discuss this. Shane Dunn is the managing director and founder of the Independence Music and Arts Festival that takes place every year, but not this year, in Mitchelstown County, Cork. James McManus is the Managing Director of Earth's Edge, an adventure tour company based in Dublin. Thank you both for joining us. Shane Dunn, tell us a bit first of all about the shape of the entertainment sector, the live events sector in Ireland, how many people it employs?
4: Yeah, the live events sector in Ireland is uh, employs about 35,000 people, um, generates about 3.5 billion per annum for the Irish economy. Um, the the latest data we have is from the twenty seventeen Let's Celebrate report, which was done by uh, Wide Awake Communications, and um, and that data comes from that as well as stuff like, you know, three point three million bed nights per annum, um, directly you know um, attributed to the live entertainment sector. So you know it's a big it's a big sector, employs an awful lot of people. It's a you know it's a it's a net generator of income for the exchequer. You know as well as obviously you know all of the joy and memories and the arts and everything else that it uh, that it that it generates. But um yeah right now it's um it's completely shut you know people are continuing to talk about the pubs you know the vintners are a strong lobby group and rightly so that's what they do um but you know it, it, they are not the last ones to come back unfortunately that is us um you know we are in the business of of mass gatherings we're in the business of bringing people together um you know the social distancing as the phrase we've all become accustomed to is the antithesis of what we do um for a living and you know of, of what we how we pay our wages and you know how we how we create these events so right now it's a it's a very dark time we've had you know no support really for the for the non-funded sector um the funded sector via the arts council has seen you know quite a bit of support on on top of what they get normally but you know i guess that's a you know the the arts council funds creators and you know um, that's what they do and they're unapologetic about it and rightly so but you know it is a small section of the of the people that are employed here and you know, the rest of them currently are kind of uh, caught adrift in the wind. Um, and unless we do see some supports in the very near future, I think we'll be looking at, you know, possibly up to a decade of recovery for the sector.
3: So the main players in the non-funded sector, as you would call it, are they concert organisers, event organisers, people in, that, in those sectors?
4: Yeah, you know, it goes, I think, everything from, you know, your, your, obviously you have your bigger promoters that people will be aware of, your MCDs, Aikens, Pod, but, you know, it's everything from your, your kind of small town event you know all over the country I think in G- it was probably June when I last spoke to Fall, to Ir- Fall to Ireland about it but at that point from mid-March to mid-June there'd been 15,000 events cancelled um, you know so it's, it's theatres it's it's venues you know all over the country you have venues that people are, are aware of because they're they're kind of they're, the, they're the, 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 the cultural hub from a musical point of view of, of their area so you know places like Dolan's and Limerick or the Roche and Dove and Galway or Cypress Avenue and Cork the INEC you know, Debarras, Connolly's of Lep, Whelan's in Dublin. You know, these are you know, if you're only half into to live music, you know, you know these these venues and, you know, that's where you get your next hosier from. You know, hosier doesn't start in the three arena. You know, he starts in, in Wheelands or the Button Factory and goes from there. And, you know, all of these venues are now, you know, facing closure. Um they're not funded. You know, the Abbey, the gate, you know, these are funded venues. They've announced that they're gonna stay closed till next June, I think. And, you know, but they still got their eight, nine, ten million, you know, for the for the year. So, um there's a real, real worry here now that that this entire system is going to collapse and that, you know, the businesses that supply it, be they, you know, anything from toilets and power and electrical, you know, up to audio and PA and, you know, the professionals in it that are safety officers and mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, sound engineers, um, they're going to have to leave the sector to, you know, to pay their bills, you know, to feed their families, to pay their mortgages because you know, for a lot of people, you know, even at 350 a week, which is going to be cut, you know, when they have to go back paying their bills, that's not going to cut it. Um, And the worry, you know, for the sector then in the longer term is that come next summer or whenever it will be, um, and it goes back to running gigs and running outdoors and theatre and festivals and the arts, that there just won't be crew there and, and SMEs and businesses to supply it. So we won't be able to do it and be back to the, the dark days of the 90s where all of these companies came in from the UK you know, gave nothing to the local community, nothing to the exchequer. Um, and then went back on the ferry the following week and, you know, weren't seen till the following summer. So it's, it's very worrying. We're, we are we're really are teetering on a cliff at the moment.
3: The wet pubs obviously, you know, may reopen in three weeks and if not, they'll probably be open in the autumn. But is there any prospect at all of, of events restarting? How is the industry kind of setting itself, because I, I presume it could be next year. You know, we need a do Do we need a vaccine before the live events business gets going again?
4: Um, I think being quite unfairly treated at the moment, I think if any industry is aware of how you look after the safety of people, it's live entertainment. You know, it's what we do. Every decision we make, you know, being in a theatre, you know, in the Olympia or Vicker Street, you know, right up to Slane Electric Picnic. Um, you know, every decision we make is for the welfare of the of the person in attendance. Um, you know we can do things an awful lot better than the businesses that are open already can you know we can digitally contact trace we can tell you the name email address phone number of everybody at the event you know we can do events in the outdoors allow for extra space divide up sites give people their own entrance you know you know you might have five thousand people but we can split that into 10 500s where they don't interact there's there's things that we can do
3: but you can't really socially distance shane realistically or or can you
4: you can, no, you can't, you, but you, you can give people the space to socially distance, but you will have to put the responsibility back onto them. You know, where, you know, I don't think we can go into a scenario where you have to hold everybody's hand. Well, we definitely can't hold everybody's hand because, you know, that's, uh, that's how we transmit the virus. But uh, yeah, we can we can put systems in place, I think, that are far better than, you know, a nine euro bowl of chicken wings, um, which I'm pretty sure doesn't prevent... COVID.
3: No, uh, indeed. I, I'll come back to you in a minute, Shane, just about the uh, what kind of supports might keep the industry going. But I want to talk to our other guest, uh, James McManus. Because James, you're in a a similar position in in some sense in that your business is closed and uh, there's no real visibility on when it might reopen. Tell us a bit about what you do and your business.
5: Yeah, so my business is Earth's Edge. Uh, We're a fully licensed adventure travel company and we take Irish people on overseas expeditions um, doing multi-day treks and climbing expeditions at high altitude. Um, So we run trips, most of our trips happen in Tanzania, Nepal and Peru so since uh lockdown we've completely stopped um we have still been working on the business really more than operating trips um but uh it's been extremely tough um our turnover is down 98% and um yeah it's it's a really challenging time um with no uh no clear picture on when there's going to be a vaccine which we re- really need you know
3: and how many people how many people do you employ james
5: so i employ uh uh, two, two. I've two staff full time. I had one part time staff, and then we um hire. We have fifteen guides um that work for us that lead our expeditions on a freelance basis. Um, so I've managed to keep my two staff employed at the moment. Um, but everybody else is is has been uh, let go or they don't have work at the moment.
3: You availed of the government's the wage subsidy scheme initially, but you're upset now that the level of support on uh, offer to you and other entrepreneurs is uh, is being cut.
5: Yeah, I mean, for for my situation is as a business, we were spending um, roughly 30,000 euros a month. Those are our outgoings. And uh, we made a lot of changes to cut those down. Um, I reduced my own salary massively. Um, we've switched to remote working. I broke the lease in my office, stopped spending on marketing. So we cut a lot of the fixed costs out of the business and then a huge expense then became the our wages were our main uh cost and the the wage subsidy scheme was absolutely fantastic um you know it kind of kept us alive but now um that's effectively been cut in half so our costs from um the first september are going to double and we have uh no money coming in so it's it's really really difficult um and to be honest as a business person like i i'm quite happy to borrow off the banks um but it wouldn't be financially prudent for me to do that until i know when i can operate again um and even said that it's it's very difficult for us to get i don't know if it's possible for 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 a business like mine to even get funding um i spoke to another um um an acquaintance I know that runs a, a travel company and he tried to get funding and he couldn't get it. Like the government are backing eighty percent of the loan, but the banks are still um on the hook for uh twenty percent. And if your turnover is down ninety eight percent and your financial projection for the next six months is zero, they're they're not gonna lend you money. So it's a very, very difficult position that we're in. And, you know, to be honest, once the the pandemic hit the I think the government did a good job on the wage subsidy scheme, but they're effectively ending it now. And in the July stimulus plan, they said they're going to continue till till March, and that's really not the case. And I think a lot of businesses like mine that are very viable, um, once things return to some kind of normality, um, are 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 going to fail at the end of this month. Um, it's just not viable for us to continue with 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 without that scheme.
3: So we're talking about the the wage subsidy scheme being has been recast. So, how much would you have got from from the scheme for your employees before, and and how much will you get now when the new scheme is launched in 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 September?
5: Well, to to put it to you in kind of exact figures, um, you know, if you're paying someone, let's say thirty eight thousand a year, um, with employers' P. R. S. I. That's that's coming going to cost the business forty two thousand a year, um. And that gives them, uh, you know, so it's basically three and a half thousand. It was costing the business with the temporary wage subsidy scheme. That was reduced down to eight hundred, which was fantastic. Now the new scheme, it's going to cost us six hundred, sixteen hundred to to give the employee the same take home pay. So it's 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 a doubling in what our costs are currently, and we've been uh, slowly and you know hemorrhaging cash right up from from March right up until now. And it's just going to, we're going to burn through that much, much faster. And the thing, I guess, in my industry and probably the same with Shane, um, we have very specialist staff. Like I've, my, my staff are with me over four or five years. They're experts in, in running overseas expeditions or, in, you know, in, in gigs or whatever it might be um so for us to lose them now and then to try and find people with similar skill sets is is nigh on impossible we we really need to try and stay connected with our keep companies connected to, the, to their staff it's massively important and um, for a whole range of industries that aren't aren't ready to restart yet so the
3: government has said this scheme is being extended to next april uh, the end of next march rather yeah. but you're saying yeah. that the change terms of it really really mean it's not going to do the business for you
5: if we want to have a tourism industry which is so important to ireland especially rural Ar- ireland um the companies that are that are operating all these different types of services um they're not going to be there after after the when once we have a vaccine and people start coming back into ireland on a huge way those people are not going to be there the businesses are all going to fail um i just it's it's just not not viable really to be honest
3: Shane, a lot of um, people in your business, I expect, are in a similar position. You say the government needs to provide more support to the uh, to the entertainment sector. What what is needed?
4: Yeah, look, I suppose if, to give you a, a long a long winded answer, I'll give you an example. In the first instance, um, I ran uh, six shows as part of my my contract with with MCD last summer in um, Irish Independent Park in Cork or Musgrave Park, as it would be locally. Um, sold just shy of 100,000 tickets um, and generated about a million euros in VAT alone for the exchequer, Um, you know, the just from ticket sales and and the bar. There was 12 different companies that supplied, worked for me on those shows. Um, So from medical provision, bar ops, uh, power and electrical, safety. Um, Of the 12, seven of them tell me they're gone by the 1st of September. Now, these are companies... The the, the youngest of them is in business over 10 years. Three of them are in business over 20 years and one of them is in business over 30 years. They have everything anywhere from five to 30 full time staff. But again, like James, you know, employing loads of sole traders, you know, um, that that come in and out on for this for the summertime, you know, for the, the season, as we call it, you know, from kind of April to September. That's seven of them. They're going to be gone out of business. Um, the wage subsidy scheme is a help. But again, as we've said, that's going to be staggered down now from the from the first of September, you know, um, by early next year, it'll be or even before that, it'll be down to, to the social welfare payment of 203. Um, but the bigger issue for a lot of them is that, you know, these are companies with a million euros worth of kit, two million euros worth of kit sitting in a warehouse. You know, they have high loans, even though the last time we checked, we owned big portions of the banks this state. But the government doesn't seem to want to put manners on them and to help these businesses so you know they need at this point you know as part of epic we we gave quite a detailed submission to the iraq the special committee on on live entertainment and the arts and a lot of our asks were quite nuanced at the time you know it was rates breaks VAT breaks um for when the industry would come back you know we're now at a point um where if they wanted to come back in the next decade um, we are into an area of, of literally of free money you know we're into a you know a package of grants that are you know and i'm talking about companies be it the biggest promoters right down to the guys supplying the port a and the port cabins and the fence and the trackway um, because at this point you know they need to be able to say here's what i paid in vat last year we're tax compliant you know i've got 10 staff but i also have 30 grand a month of a, of a mortgage the banker you know knocking on the i got a three-month break i got another three-month break but they won't give me any more um you're not giving me a rates break i can't i can warehouse my vat for six months but then i'll still have to pay it next year so you know we we have hit a point now for for then you know this industry whereby you know and like to think the vintners are asking for it as well they're saying you know at this point it's you need to nearly pay us to stay closed um, because otherwise you're going to lose this industry for for a long, long time. And like the government are great at using, you know, the crack and the cue for soft diplomacy. You know, we have a seat on the UN Security Council that came from a U2 gig, you know. You know, they go to DC every Paddy's Day with the Bowl of Shamrock, you know, and talk about the music from Ireland. Well, the next time they go, probably won't be next year, but 2022, you know, they can hang their head in shame because at this point they're completely ignoring it and not unlike you know the the other people on this call you know it's a lot of businesses are getting supports there's a lot of money in that stimulus package you know it's seven or eight billion but like it appears again that we have a government who have just scattergunned us all over the place without really putting any thought into it and they've left two or three industries and in aviation and tourism are, are you know are part of those where they've just kind of gone well screw you you know we'll, we'll let you we'll let you fall i think the I can't remember, Michael McNamara, the TD from Clare, who was the chair that Iraq, the special committee, you know, had a very good one line. I think he said that in the in the time of clerics, the arts survived, but in the time of medics, it's going to be let go to the wall. Um, and, you know, what do we have, you know, if we can't go and climb a mountain with James or if we can't go to a gig or go to the theatre, you know, like what life will be left um, for people when this is over, if all of these businesses you know do fail
3: what's the time scale um, Shane you're saying that a lot of your suppliers are talking about closing in september is it are 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 we now up against the wall on this is it is it autumn uh, is it more supports yeah. now or bust
4: oh yeah we're out of, we're out of time you know and i like i've heard i've heard uh, uh To to um Leo say that uh you know there's no point stimulating a business that's that's shut well you know you can't give mouth to mouth resuscitation to somebody who's already dead. So, you know, if they don't immediately put some supports in place to prop these businesses up, they won't be able to resuscitate them in six months time or nine months time. Um, and it's, you know, you look abroad and you look at the packages that were put together in Germany and the UK even, you know, I don't think anybody's a fan of Boris Johnson, but they've acted an awful lot quicker on 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 this stuff over there. Um, New Zealand Australia you know multi-billion euro packages because they've figured out what we've been telling the government here for years which is if you invest a euro in live entertainment the exchequer gets four back you know the wider economy and tour- the wider tourist economy gets six euros into it um, from every euro spent on a ticket so what,
3: what kind of packages Shane are, are are other countries putting together
4: for the sector? It's, it's, a lot of it is, they're, they're, you know, they're very detailed, but there are grants, you know, that you can go okay. and say... It's cash, because you know, they're, they're closed it, as well, so it's they're cash They're closed, really. yeah. So they, they can go and say, well, you know, I'm VAT compliant, here's my VAT return for 2019. You know, like I'll give you another little example, but like I own a festival called Independence in, in Mitchellstown in Cork, it's 15,000 people. But last year, you know, in a town of 4,000. Um, last year, we generated 550,000 euros in VAT. So from one mid-sized festival in a rural Cork town, you know, we give, we purse the event 550,000, another 1.5 million spent in the town. Um, like these other countries have gone, well, let's support these businesses and these events now so that in a year's time or two years time, they can start giving us 550,000 euros in VAT again. The highest grant I think we can access, and this is a company that turned over two point two million or two point three million last year, is about ten grand. You know, like barely. Uh, you know, it won't pay anybody's salary. It won't cover anything. Um, the 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 directors of the company of which I am one, um, couldn't get any wage subsidy because we only pay ourselves for six months of the year. So we weren't, we weren't being paid in January. You know, we were out of season. Um. So like, you know, companies hanging on, but like it's there's no support there. And that's that's just one example. That exact same thing is happening everywhere. And it, it seems, considering the numbers that are being bandied about, you know, for other sectors of, you know, six hundred million, eight hundred million, a billion, you know, that this is something where if they just matched the the funded sector supports, um into the non-funded sector, which is a vastly bigger sector um, and a vastly bigger employer and generator for the exchequer, you know, that would probably be enough. Um, But they don't seem interested at the moment. And, you know, yet again, another release of funds yesterday to small theaters and funded sector, which is is fine. But, you know, you're talking about places that might employ one person or nobody or the the likes of the Abbey and the gate that are now closed for, you know, nine, 10 months. all of these other businesses are just going to fold and go to the wall because they won't be able to pay their mortgages they won't be able to pay their loans um yeah and they're going to go and then it'll be we could be looking at a decade before we get back up to where we were
3: and james i presume it's the same in the outward tourism sector that uh, a lot of businesses are now coming up to the wire and a lot of decisions have to be made coming into the autumn
5: absolutely yeah Um I think realistically, for especially my business going to um, the developing world, East Africa, um, Asia, and South America, we're you know it's going to be a long time before it's possible for us to run trips. We're really waiting for a vaccine, um, so it's it's we're really coming under pressure now. We've been under pressure for months, um, but our costs from the first September are going to double our wage costs. So it's really. Um, it's a nerve-wracking time. And I have spoke to uh, one uh, owner who owns a travel agency. He had uh, 50 staff prior to the the, the lockdown. He had uh, 17 um, as of last week, and he's dropping to five this week. So the devastation has happened. And I think um, it's not just outbound, it's inbound travel as well. You think about some of these huge companies, um, like something like the Guinness storehouse or you know like all the bus tours you know are we there's so many um people right into people that travel into to go to gigs and concerts is a huge huge part of uh, the economy especially tourism in rural Ireland that are going to be affected um and you know we we are all small business owners like are you know we're often um quite quite isolated and the communication between us um, isn't the best at times but um yeah I just know with this scheme if you if you've kept staff on your your costs are gonna double so it's it's we really need some help and as a country we have to decide whether we're going to completely abandon these industries um or or we're gonna help them out but you know the the from from the first september it's that we're 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 getting our our funding cut in half and we're already losing money we've already dropped staff so it's it's a real problem um you know i i just i can't see how it makes financial sense um to to not continue to support us the the long-term pain is going to be greater if we if we shut all these small businesses down um and what i don't understand is if we can as a country if we can borrow um this so-called free money it's so so, so low interest rates and you have a country like france they're extending their um wage subsidy scheme for another two years germany are out into 2021 the uk's is running longer than ours and this is in we're talking about three weeks time um you know when this is ending and it's just they're just it's just on a knife edge for us so it's we, we really need the support and we need it right now
3: a good way to end i think um shane dunn and james mcmanus thank you very much for joining us and um, we wish you the best in the uh, we wish you the best in the time to come we'll keep our Keep our fingers crossed for, I guess, for a vaccine and uh, that might solve a lot of business problems later this year. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Thanks very much.
0: Hold up. What was that?